0: Welcome back, folks. How we doing? Another episode of the Gray Area. It's your host Billy, host Drew. Back at it. Another great episode. Drew, how you doing?
1: I'm doing fine and dandy, my brother. It's been a good week. Um, Yeah, man, I've been I've been enjoying life lately. Things have seemed to be on the up and up for me. How about you, buddy? How things going?
0: Uh, I, you know, things are pretty good. I mean. I still wake up, work out of my room. There hasn't been much changes. We've got sports back, so that's a positive in my life. And it's kind of like every sport at the same time. So it's all of the the dopamine I've been missing in my body for the last couple months has just shot up. And, you know, I have uh, optimistic views for the, the last quarter of the year.
1: Wow. I don't. I'm good now, but I anticipate things getting absolutely worse in the near future, um, specifically related to the coronavirus and the winter and late fall. However, I'm not a doctor. This is purely, um, I don't want to say speculation because medical, medical experts have been saying the same thing that we we just, we don't know what the winter's going to look like. So that has me a little bit worried. I, I just don't want to be cooped up in the crib all damn day um, for another, right, three months, especially during winter. Like, come on, bro. Like. That's not going to be good. I'm probably going to get fat, a bunch of crazy shit. Like, you know, you can't do outdoor dining and you can't do outdoor anything in the winter. I mean, in some places you can, but uh, Illinois, probably not here in North Carolina, although we have mild winters, you you know, I'm not going to eat on a patio, uh, you know, in 45 degree weather. Like that's like, I, I just, I don't know, man, I don't know what the future looks like and it's fucking annoying.
0: Yeah, see uh you're you're definitely looking at this much longer term than I am. I'm I'm mostly like like I'm trying to get to October. That's fair. It's my birthday and then, you know, in November 3rd from there on out it's going to be a shit show no matter what happens. Shit so show for sure. I just know I went outside today, it felt like fall is coming a little bit, you know, as the kids are saying, can't wait till it gets cold, so I could really start dressing you
1: know? <laughs> hey that's hey, that's facts though you you could pop the best fits in the fall, man, you put on uh you know your nice little i don't even know like a little light jacket over your t shirt you know some nice pants, some nice shoes, in the summer, you'd be hot as hell. all you really want to do is wear t- shirts and shorts in uh, fall, you can really get some fits off so i i I agree with that statement that there was not a lot told. And that statement that Billy McCormick just made.
0: <laughs> right, bro. I mean, again, like, it's like, if, for those of you who have seen me out, um, maybe at a restaurant or a bar, you may not notice, but most days I look like I just got out of a high school gym class. Cause I just have, you know, white tea, some black shorts or something going on. Some
1: black air forces.
0: <laughs> Robbing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I feel you. Um,
1: but, yeah, man, I, we'll, see, we'll see what the winter holds. We'll see what the winter holds. I did want to uh, give you all a quick update. I uh, did want to thank you all for listening to last week's episode. We got some good feedback. Folks, let us know that, you know, out of the episodes we produced so far, that this was, you know, the best – one of the best, if not the best episode. And the numbers did seem to reflect that. Uh, we had the, the most listens in one week, and we could not do that without you guys. So I do appreciate every single one of you guys' support. Thanks for listening. Uh, one last thing – Please don't forget to subscribe on Apple and Spotify. And if you rate and review us, that also does help us. It gets us in favorable terms with the algorithms that those companies use. So do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you.
0: Yeah, man. It doesn't take anything. To show that kind of support, I mean, I preferably want you to listen to the episodes, but you th- you, you like you like subscribe, like that's helping us out. I'm forever grateful. You know,
1: hundred percent, eight hundred percent. And then again, right? The reason we're doing this, me and Billy, we love to talk shit, right? We 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 tend to pretend. Now, I don't say we pretend to be informed. We are informed individuals. Now, our opinions aren't right, the end all be all. We don't want you guys to take everything we say and go fucking run with it, and you know, use it as the whole gospel. We just want to make sure that we're providing with you guys with, you know, as accurate information as to um, people who do this as a hobby can provide. Um, also, we just want to teach you guys or not teach you, but, you know, inform you guys on the world around you. There's a lot of places you can get news, a lot of places you can get pop culture. Um, don't know if it's being delivered in the way that we are doing it, uh, especially the demographic that we're targeting. Um, you know, we just want to have fun, but also inform you guys and help you guys stay Stay up to date, up to knowledge of what's going on in the world around you. So again, appreciate all the support. So Drew. What's going on, brother?
0: What's going on in the world of Drew? How's the fam? How's the friends? How's life in uh, North Carolina? Life in North Carolina is fine and dandy. Um, now, nah, man.
1: But I'm I'm really not trying to get a Southern accent. You know, some <laughs> words that are, are, are I feel like are, are starting to shift a little bit. And I do feel myself saying y'all a little bit more than before. Even though I know we use y'all in Chicago, just not the way, not in the same way, not anyone will say it the same. Um, so hopefully, not getting a southern accent. But things are good, man. I'm uh, I'm enjoying life. The weather's still pretty hot down here. Um, I guess back to to last week's episode of the podcast. I so happened to be my parents' first time listening, and within the first five minutes, I'm talking about how they're getting high and doing edibles and shit and my mom calls me and she goes oh me and i was listening <laughs> to your podcast today
0: <laughs>
1: Start, she starts giggling she's like yeah and then you start talking about us getting high <laughs> bro i was dying i was like well i hope you're not mad <laughs> she's like no she's like no i'm not it was funny but he said just, the listeners first, loved it yeah at first i was like shit i don't know i don't know how she's gonna feel about it i know my stepdad doesn't give a fuck but I didn't know how she was going to feel about it, but um, no, she, she, she said it was hilarious and she enjoyed it. Um, didn't expect her to listen, but it was, that was, that was a nice little call.
0: Yeah. It's funny you actually say that. Cause I, I, I forgot to bring this up to you. Uh, we recorded what, like last Monday or something that was like, so Tuesday rolls around and my mom goes, Oh, and by the way, when you were recording that episode, were you talking about me smoking weed in there? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I was. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God. So all these people on the internet now know like about that. She's like, why would you do that? And you know, at first I was going to be like, oh, my bad. She wasn't really mad. She was just wondering why. But then I remembered, um, Drew, you might remember this, bro. Back in like freshman year of high school, my mom posted like – a, like a embarrassing ass picture of like me. I don't know if you know what I'm referencing. Like, I do, I do. you know what I'm talking about, bro? I do, and, I do. And I I looked her in the face. I said, I got roasted for like four years. <laughs> like, like all my friends would bring it up, bro. I'd be talking to a girl and they would bring it up. Like it was, it was terrible. Can, said, you
1: can you let the listeners who may not know what you're talking about? What did your mom post on Facebook?
0: Yeah, bro. So, so let me tell you something, right? We, it, it was new year's Eve, like freshman year of high school or sophomore year or something. And we had a theme, uh, for what this kid's party we were going to, and it was like office theme. I think it was CEOs and office hoes was the name that he gave it. Yeah, Billy, you're
1: trailer. such a douchebag, but, but go on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that, it, it, bro, it's a real douchebag thing. You know, ain't a little hindsight, but that's in what hindsight. he put on. Yeah, he put that on Facebook. Right. And. Bro, my mom walked into my room and just snapped a pic of me as soon as I stood up. Like, I, like, I wasn't even posing for a fucking picture. And that's the most <laughs> weird part about it because I look like a deer in headlights. And she and she posts that on Facebook with, like, a caption, like, oh, Billy's going to some party. He looks so handsome. But Like, you know, him and his friends have fun. I don't know. But she, like, it, it, it was like she voice commanded the caption. <laughs> And then did not actually change any of the, ca- like all the spelling mistakes. She said, no, this is good. My Facebook friends would love this right now.
1: Just it. <laughs> if I remember correctly, it was like, oh, Billy's going out to a party. Him and his friends, they do themed parties. And this one is office themed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was another thing too. Like we we were, I remember arguing with her about it and I was like, what do you mean? Me and my friends do themed parties. This is the first themed party I have been to. <laughs> like, like we got a regular thing going here. Oh my God. That's absolutely hilarious.
1: Um, shout out to, shout out to uh, Billy's mom.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's a character. She got over it. Uh, she's cool. Smoke. She smokes weed. She's chill. She's, I'm going to get her some, like some huff socks with some some weed uh, symbols on them, or something.
1: <laughs> and some vans, baby, and some right. and skateboard for sure. Do you smoke weed? A lot. <laughs> <laughs>
0: you see my socks? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh man, no, but that—that's i uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. Uh, we can we can laugh at these moments uh, when we look back on them. What's what's popping in uh, in the in the pop culture, in the music scene? I, is there any? Was there any new music release or anything like that?
0: Um, so in terms of music, um, I know Amine released an album. I haven't got to listen to all of it yet. Um, I've got, I've heard a couple of songs off of it. I've just kind of been slacking on finishing it. I'm a big fan of Amine. If you guys don't know who he is, he's a rapper kind of pop little R&B twist to him a little bit. He's very talented. Check him out. Drew, you actually put me on to uh, Money Man today.
1: Money Man is so raw.
0: <laughs> this man, if, if you guys like rap music, just go ahead and look up Money Man. Because this, the name sounds real like basic, like it's just some SoundCloud rapper that from your hometown. But this man, this man was hard for yeah. no reason. Yeah,
1: he's hard. So let me give a quick little, a quick little overview of what money man, like money man, he's from uh, Atlanta. I want to say, but, um, his sound, what can I describe it as? I can describe it as like, uh, a way more like clear and clear and articulate future. Um, but like still a little, like, I want to say mumbly, but like way more clear, like super clear. You hear exactly what he's saying, but like the flows are very similar. And, uh, he he loves money so if if you couldn't tell by his name he is a money man and apparently he he got rich uh from from selling weed and then became a rapper so shout out to money man uh, he's got some great songs um he's on spotify apple youtube i i usually whenever i discover a new artist, this is what i do like if i hear a song that i like i then go to youtube and then i um then i f- look at their most viewed Videos or songs, and then I figure, and and that's how I listen to them. Because sometimes, if if someone gets popping later on, like in their career, like they've been out for like four or five years, and then they get they you know they get a song that blows up on Spotify. Uh, Sometimes they, um, sometimes one, their music might not be on a streaming platform, or two, the Spotify streams aren't up to par with like the amount of people who've been listening to it on YouTube. So that's how you can find the best songs is by seeing like which. know this guy's been out forever so let me see what his best most listened to songs are so i went on that and then uh got down a rabbit hole and was watching money man videos similarly to what happened with jack harlow the the week before um but yeah check him out if you like rap if you don't like rap i'm sorry i'm spending uh this much time talking about money man (laughs) but um didn't drake did he drop some new song he dropped a new song with a new music music video uh laugh now cry cry later featuring
0: lil dirk from chicago the Voice, Dirkio. Yes. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on that song, man? So, uh, let's, I'll focus on the song first, like separate from the music video, because he did drop a music video with it. The song, uh, upon a first listen, is a pretty decent song. You know, it's just a little Drake and little Dirk song. Um, I would say, since it dropped, the song has been growing on me more and more. Oh, it's a and- grower, not a shower. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Team grow Gang. But they, they, uh, this sounds song good. I've, I've been a fan of obviously, uh, obviously everyone's a fan of Drake for the most part, you know, Drake's Drake, but then I've been a fan of Lil Dirk since 2012. Lil Durk actually posted a picture of him and Drake meeting in 2012 and a picture of them now in this music video together. So it's, it was nice to see someone that, you know, I've been supporting since I was a freshman, sophomore in high school kind of make what what the people in the music industry would be like your big break like when you get a Drake feature it's kind of like whoa that's a big deal. So that that was nice. I enjoy the song. Drake just saying baby over and over again repeats in my head throughout the day.
1: Baby. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> but and then the the music video is what carried it away though.
1: Yeah and for we, sure. So I, my opinion on the song um pretty similar to yours I, I guess I was in an argument with one of my group with in one of my group chats about the song. Um, A couple of my friends are just telling me how fucking amazing the song is. And I'm like, hold on, let's, 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 uh, let's backpedal a little bit here. The song is fine. The song is good. It's not a bad song by any means. Um, But it's not like, it's not a certified slapper. It's not like anything to go right home about. Now it's very, very good music. And maybe I am holding Drake to a higher standard just based on the, you know the the quality of music that he he produces now the quality of this music is great it's good um it's just not like i don't know the, he, there's songs that he drops and you just for the first time you listen to it it's just like damn that shit was hard and 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 as a music fan um those songs i do love the most the ones that you hear one time and you, you instantly fall in love and it wasn't and it wasn't that for me but I, I, I do agree. The more that I listen, the more I like it. The more that you're like, okay, I fuck with the way that it sounds. I like the the melodies. I like the patterns. Like, it's good. It's And it takes a talented person to make that music. It's just not like it wasn't – it's not always – the hype, sometimes hype, you know, builds a little bit around a song, especially with someone like Drake uh, and Lil Durk. And, and then there was a, kind of a big, big rollout. He released like a Instagram snippet from the video. Um and then it was like oh new music dropping tomorrow so there was a lot of anticipation for it so either way even if the song was bad people were probably going to say it was raw anyways um, but it was a good song
0: hey, back yeah. to the music video, music video. I, was to say, I was about to say really quick that reminded me I, I love when like a, a new album drops at like midnight and it's like it's about 1207 and someone's like hey this is a fucking classic
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah man they just want to be first like the fucking uh journalists with no integrity <laughs> they don't want to they don't want to do due diligence but no nah, man so the video was actually fire and it probably was the coolest nike ad i've ever seen in my life
0: <laughs> oh yeah for real nike's like please drake make this happen like whatever we'll give you all wonder, the money we need
1: I, yeah i wonder who coughed up the budget if it was the label or if nike was like fuck it we'll just pay for it but um
0: yeah, man. They they shot the
1: music video on the headquarters out in Oregon, um, the Nike HQ. Nike's actually a customer of my company, and I when I went to training a couple of years ago, we actually had a uh, the guy who was training me. He he works in our our Oregon office, and he's like, oh yeah, we support like we su- support Nike. They're one of our customers. We're an IT company, so I mean, you guys wouldn't be consumers of us. But um, he was like, yeah, so. I, they're one of my customers, and I go outside over there all the time—not all the time, but every once in a while. And he's like, "It's the craziest thing you you, you can ever imagine. Like this campus is nuts. Like, it's like its own city. Um, and it was on full display in this music video. Like there, there's like a lake where you go jet skiing. There, I don't even know is that they. I don't even know where the fuck they ever do where they were doing that at. There's basketball courts, tracks, gyms. There's an employee Nike store where they can go and get anything that they want that Nike has in the in the, in the fucking um in the warehouse. I'm sure they have to pay something. Like I'm sure they don't get it all for free, but they still have access to all this craziness. Um and then the cameos, man, there were some star studded folks up in this music video.
0: Bro, that shit was I mean, you go you go from the beginning you get uh Kevin Durant and Drake playing one on one, which is very funny to think about a situation of them like actually playing one on one. Um, but there was that, um, there was Drake running, possibly the weakest route of all time. The weakest and, route, bro. The Spencer and, James route. Bro. That he And then Odell Beckham throws him the ball. And the thing that really killed me, was how like unathletic the route was to how athletic the catch was.
1: Yeah, man, it didn't make sense. Music that don't match. That's you remember those videos. Yeah. That shit didn't match up. Yeah,
0: not, not <laughs> Marshawn Lynch coming through. Um, laid out Drake across the middle. That shit was funny. I think my favorite cameo was Drewski. hundred percent.
1: It was hilarious. But
0: <laughs> for, for those of you guys who don't know who Drewski is, he is an internet uh celebrity and sensation,
1: I Com- would call him. Yeah, like a comedian, like he makes like YouTube videos and like snippets on Instagram where like he's just making parody videos. I'd probably compare him to if you guys remember Shiggy, he's like Shiggy or um Haha ha Davis. Let me think who else would be considered one of these kinds of guys. Um, they just make little parody funny videos. And, and uh he's been kind of one of the most popular ones in the last, I would probably say year, year and a half. But yeah, he, he pops up in the video. That was, that was great. He,
0: yeah, I don't know. He, you guys might know what I'm talking about. Uh, The one, the video he got really famous off of is, He's like a first off. He's like a like a fat black guy, and he was making an impersonation of like frat dudes, <laughs> and like it just picture the it's most perfect. stereotypical like white frat dude, and he does the funniest fucking impressions of them. Bro. It's
1: perfect. It's perfect. Yeah,
0: there was uh, who else was in the video? Um, there was, I think we named them all like
1: Katie, Od Odell Beckham, Marshawn Lynch, um, Drewski. But then there was also, there was a beautiful uh, young lady in the video who I didn't know before this, um, but apparently her name is um, Aggie Abby. And she's like an Instagram, like uh, what do we call these kids these days? Influencers? Um, I'm kidding, obviously. But uh, yeah, she's like an Instagram chick. Um, she's a sneakerhead, So it kind of makes sense when they were in the Nike, the Nike store with all the, the shoe boxes, uh, she was in there. So she got famous from basically just being a you know, a cool personality. Um, maybe, maybe that's not it, but uh, yeah, she's a beautiful woman who, who loves shoes and she, she was in the video and uh, I go and I, I went ahead and gave her that follow on the gram. <laughs> what does that make me?
0: Samp. <laughs> oh
1: man. No, but no. the the music video is dope. You guys should check it out if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, man. What's going on in the what's going on with the weather?
0: Uh it's fucking crazy, Drew. <laughs> it's, like here's the thing. So I didn't have this written down at first, but I saw this today. Uh someone in California just got the uh bubonic plague. There's a case of that. So that's something I'm gonna have to investigate and follow up on because that just sounds too outrageous right now. I'm 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 gonna focus on what I had written down just because the world is too crazy. So the first thing is that some of you guys might've heard. There's a thing called a fire tornado and a what the. Yeah, bro. That's it. It sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> like, and so in Northern California, um, there, I mean, this throughout California in general, I'm sure many of you know that there's these crazy wildfires. It gets super dry. And then, they have these evacuations of these areas, these residential homes and whatnot to get people out of the area. This happens every year to some extent, some years are worse than others, but there's been a lot of craziness with the amount of wind that areas of California have been getting and even across the country. And according to some of these experts, I I mean, their expertise is way beyond what I know uh, because of the incredible dryness in these, uh, different areas of forests, uh, the, obviously the heat from the sun and just the weather overall, the wind, and then the fact that California has really uneven terrain. They created something called a fire tornado, bro. And it, it started on August 14th, uh, near Loyalton, California. It's about 45 miles, uh, west of Reno, Nevada. So not it's not as close to the shore, uh, the West coast that you may think it's more inland closer to Nevada. So you already know that bitch was hot. They, the U S forest service reported that only 5% of the fire was contained. So almost maximum damage has occurred. Everybody that lives in these areas, there was mandatory evacuations for the residential areas. Some people, have lost their homes some forests are just beyond depleted natural habitats for animals there hasn't been really any reports of people dying because that they knew this was going to happen but the fucking fact that the forest could be on fire and then winds get so crazy and that fire becomes a tornado is absolutely terrifying
1: yeah that sounds like some shit like out of like hellboy or something i don't even know bro I i'm good on that one though they're like how do you want to die and that's the way you die like fuck I that. i don't. <laughs> <laughs> fuck that um yeah man i don't think it stops there wasn't there like a fucking damn near a hurricane in iowa or something like that
0: yeah actually we we, we kind of briefly touched on it last episode i just oh, not sure, yeah. i could because the, i remember last episode i was like oh there was an inland hurricane and you were like, Billy, isn't that just a fucking tornado? And I was like, damn, is there no such thing as inland hurricane? But then I looked it up, bro. And I found out what the exact name of it is. It's called the derecho D E R E C H O. A derecho is a widespread long lived windstorm that is associated with a band of rapidly moving showers and thunderstorms. Unlike a tornado, which air spins, the wind in the derecho moves in one direction in a relatively straight line. So that bitch is not spinning at all. It's just knocking you over in one direction. Um, And this happened in uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, and the surrounding areas. And, dude, it's actually really, really bad. For those of you who don't know, there was winds over 100 miles per hour in Iowa. And if you've ever been to Iowa, that bitch is flat.
1: So, and just for you guys that don't know, I think like a, um, like a tropical storm is like anything under like, like 65 or six seventy 70 miles an hour. And then like, if you're over 70 or 75, then it's like a category um, one hurricane or something like that. So yeah, this is, this is enough wind that it would be categorized as as an actual hurricane if it was on the coast. So that shit, that wind is fucking coming pretty damn hard.
0: Dude, it's. It's it's unreal. Like I, these, the two things you mentioned, the, the fire tornado and this that they've called like once in a lifetime things to happen. Uh, they, the, there's a lot of damage to the area. They said that about 14 million acres of crops are damaged or completely gone. 70,000 people do not have uh, power or, you know, cell phone service There were over 8,000 homes uh, extensively damaged or destroyed. More than 20 school buildings were destroyed. More than 800 residential and commercial buildings experienced, quote unquote, full or partial collapse of the roof, walls, ceilings, and floors. So think about your neighborhood, you know, whether you're in Illinois by me, whether you're by Drew in North Carolina or you're somewhere else in the world. And imagine all of the places you like to go, all the restaurants, the stores, your neighbor's houses, they're all fucking destroyed. That's, I can't even like picture that. Like I'm looking out my window and just imagine everything on the ground. is just like debris.
1: insert, insert Kendrick Lamar last album photo. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's Damn. all I got to say. Right. Damn. Oh uh, no, man, that shit sounds fucking wild. Um, but oh well, fuck Iowa. No, I'm I'm joking. I'm sorry for everyone who was affected by this, uh, Treco or Drecho or whatever the fuck it's called. Derecho. But <laughs> but make it Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> fuck, the fuck
0: out of here. Dude. Yeah, people in um, Iowa are gonna be fucking pissed at us. But I mean, I mean here, this there's, I guess to give some positive news was that the i mean it's not positive because it's reactive to this happening but positive that in a hopeful recovery the the governor of Iowa she uh requested 4 billion dollars in federal assistance and federal aid to get to you know these homes get to people who are now going to be starving. They're going to be homeless. They're going to not have this electricity and Donald Trump signed this emergency declaration pretty quickly. So I got to give, I got to give him just like a, like a quick, like, like a little, like good job, Trump. You know, those are far and few between, but that's, I'm glad that he acted swiftly. I mean, we've seen in the past things like hurricane Katrina uh, and other natural events that have happened in the United States where our federal government hasn't acted as quickly and people have, Suffered for days to weeks on end. So yeah, hold,
1: but- yeah, hold, hold, hold that thought.
0: Because
1: um, you were talking about Katrina, I actually saw something fucking crazy on the uh, on the internet, and it turns out that it was actually true after I did some fact checking. So back in um, during during Hurricane Katrina, did you know that there was a plan to save all of the the sheltered animals, the cats, the dogs that were in like animal shelters? They had a plan in place, but for fucking people in prison they had no plan they were just like they just an afterthought no no absolutely no plan to what to do um if something like that were to happen and they had to ev- evacuate they were just, they they were just scrambling and that's just absolutely fucking foul like that's insane to think about like literally they were treating those animals better than they were treating humans and Right. Whatever. They, they made some mistakes, but you're telling me they just need to, they deserve to be neglected in the time of a fucking natural disaster. That's absolutely insane. Shame on New Orleans. Shame on the country for letting that happen. Um, but yeah, man, it's not a joke when they say white people love dogs more than like black people. It's not really, bro. We,
0: we, you know, we take the key and throw it away when it comes to people in prison. And it's, it's crazy because you, I feel like some people do not give a fuck at all you know like they'll think like i have to almost have this statement be said because there's some people who are like well they're all criminals like whatever about them well it's like first off it's a human life bro like what what the fuck's wrong with you second off i get how you like people may feel that way because when you think of prison you might think of murderers or rapists or something like that but there's people in prison right now just because they couldn't afford to get their bail. There's people in prison for just selling weed. There's people in prison for like the simplest shit. That like, if I were to say, hey, do you think this is a problem? Do you think someone should die for this? You would say, oh, absolutely not. But it doesn't make any difference just because you know. Yeah, once, in- I guess like once they once they put them in the same place
1: as murderers, they're just kind of forgotten about. Um, another thing, right? Like, th- there isn't much that separates you from potentially either, you know getting arrested, getting, getting locked up. I'm like, there's not many people who can grow into their adulthood and say that they haven't done anything that could potentially have gotten them arrested. So before you judge, just, just take a step back and, um, be human. I know it's hard for some of you, but give it a try. You yeah. might smile a little bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Power to the people.
1: Exactly. Um, but yeah, man, I wanted to move on. I know a lot of you all have probably been seeing on social media, on the news, uh, on the internet, um, stuff about the United States postal service and, um, a lot of drama been seeing like pictures of like a bunch of mailboxes being removed. A lot of people complaining about, you know, maybe potentially the Trump campaign and Trump trying to uh, sabotage the USPS. So we cannot do mail in ballots and that things are delayed um, for the election. So for me, like, obviously I'm seeing this stuff. I'm, I'm like, wow, this is pretty, this is pretty nuts. This is pretty nuts. However, like probably the whole, maybe the last week went by where I, didn't really go in and do a whole lot of uh, research on my own. And I, and I was just kind of just like, okay, that's crazy, but I don't really know what's going on yet. So I just didn't really make a a, a full opinion. Um, but I went back and I did some research. So I wanted to kind of give you guys the uh, Reader's Digest on what's going on, where we stand um, as objectively as I possibly can. Now, I may not be as objective as you guys maybe want or – Maybe some people want, um, maybe I'm on the other side of the aisle, so you're probably going to discount something that I say, but most of the stuff that I'm going to say is based on fact, um, not on fiction or opinion. Um, but so this is what's going on. The USPS has been in financial trouble for quite some time. Um, back in 2019, they actually posted a $9 billion loss and you might be asking, well, who cares if the United States Postal Service loses money? Like they're not a company, they're, they're, they're in a, a central service there. That's literally how we get our mail. Um, and I would agree with that, but they still keep track of these kinds of things. So they lost $9 billion, which is a lot more than they probably should be losing. Uh, it, to be honest, like quite fair, that's, that's a lot of money. And you might ask, why are they losing money? Um, they've been losing money for a long time. One of the number one reasons is the decline in, uh, mail value to be honest. So due to things like the internet and, uh, phones and social media the amount of um amount of traffic that went through used to go through the mail no longer goes through the mail um also they do have to charge the same amount of money for um first class mail anywhere in the country no matter how remote that destination is and as you can imagine getting to anchorage, anchorage alaska or like i mean that's a big city but like imagine like someone who lives like you know 2 3 hours 4 hours away from anchorage alaska like literally in the middle of fucking nowhere like you still got to get them in their mail and it doesn't cost more than it, uh, that it does to get someone the mail who lives in the city of Chicago. Right. So that's another reason why. Um, but yeah, so they've been in financial trouble. That's the step one. Um, a lot of places have definitely been in financial trouble, especially because of coronavirus and coronavirus kind of intensified their issue. Um, and then the USPS, they were eligible for a $10 billion loan from the Treasury Department as part of the CARES Act, which was that first coronavirus relief package that Congress passed back in March. Um, but there was some, some logistical bureaucracy holdups, and this fu- these funds were not made available until the end of July. Um, okay, so step one. They're in a lot of financial trouble. Step two. Uh, back at the end of May, early June, Louis DeJoy um, was appointed... Um, he was appointed Postmaster General. What is Postmaster General? Just just think of it as like the CEO of the USPS. He is the head honcho. He makes his decisions. Um, so yeah, the Postal Service Board of Governors actually appoint who the Postmaster General is. And the, people who, the person who appoints the, post, the Postal Service Board of Governors is the president of the United States, Donald Trump. In case you didn't know. All right. Um, so, who is Louis DeJoy? Louis DeJoy is a North Carolina businessman and he is a major Republican Trump donor. Um, and according to several reports, he has significant investments in companies that compete or do business with the USPS. Um, now, take with that as you will. Uh, I don't know if it's the right FedEx, uh, you know, uh, UPS, U- UPS, uh, what's the other one? DHL. I don't know. But he's got some ties into some other, some other companies he also has been um, a, a major donor to the to the the, the Trump campaign and the, the RNC um, he's he gave over $300,000 to a Trump super PAC uh, supporting Trump's reelection and yeah he is now running the the um, the USPS okay what's the big deal who cares like why like why can't he run the USPS I tend to kind of agree. Like who cares what his politics are? Like why, like why, um, why does it matter? It matters because some of the decisions that have been made since he's taken over the, the USPS since he was appointed uh DeJoy has eliminated overtime for hundreds of thousands of post office employees. And he's also mandated that mail is kept until the next day. If distribution, if distribution centers, uh, run behind. And as you guys also see on the internet, um, the USPS is removing a lot of mail sorting, um, like mail mailboxes, like from around like cities and metropolitan areas, um, as well as they have been removing mail sorting machines from its facilities around the country. Now, these are all being done in the name of cost cutting, cost cutting, and getting the USPS in better financial state, so they're not wasting a lot a lot of money and not, um, you know, losing nine billion dollars a year. Which, hey, that doesn't sound doesn't sound like that bad of an idea. However, there is a lot of implications and potential conflict of interest when you think about the timing of what's actually happening. Um, Billy, I don't know if you want to jump in there and talk about maybe some of the some of the potential drawbacks of them kind of rolling back a lot of these 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 cost cutting measures.
0: Yeah. So so I've been thinking about this for probably the last couple weeks, right? It's been a main topic on Twitter. It's now on, you know, the main platform for the DNC. They're talking about it. Trump obviously is talking about it. So the two main things that I wanted to kind of get across to people before I start talking about, you know, what Trump and the members of Congress have said about this is There's two potential downfalls and while I want to say first and foremost that like Drew mentioned losing nine billion dollars I'm sure that there are some cost-cutting things that could be beneficial that aren't going to impact the Postal Service uh, In an extremely detrimental way, but the two main things to be concerned with There's people who complain about the Postal Service saying like, oh, they're inefficient yada 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 like I could just get it from another company. Well, you're not going to want to. So the first thing like Drew mentioned was they deliver your mail. And if let's just say the post office is completely quote unquote abolished um, or, you know, defunded to the point where they are cutting costs and getting rid of certain areas that they deliver mail to. If it's not proven to be cost efficient for the government or one of those other businesses like UPS or FedEx or Amazon or DHL to deliver your mail to you, they will stop delivering the mail to you and your neighbors in your town. And what then you'll have to do is then you will have to go and get your mail from a fulfillment center somewhere else. So you then have to drive. It could be close. You know, you could be lucky and this might not be a big deal. But for many Americans, I would assume this is going to be incredibly inconvenient and potentially uh, very detrimental to their lives. Think of some of the stuff you get in the mail. It could be anything from letters from family and friends to, you know, your W-2s for work to a letter from your insurance company about a bill.
1: Your social shipped. security check, a lot of elderly don't do direct deposit. Like there's a lot of potential.
0: There's there's a lot. And here's the other thing that I think people, th- I, this part I haven't seen talked about as much. And this is the part that I really want people to consider is if there's no post office, right? Then that just opens up to the total privatization of mail delivery. Now think about when you buy something from Amazon or you buy something from, you know, some other company online, you pay the company what you're paying for the product, and then you pay a shipping and handling fee. That shipping and handling fee would go to, you know, uh, UPS or FedEx or whoever delivers your mail, right? When you get your mail from the post office, there is no shipping and handling. Like you, you just get the letter you're, because they're funded by your tax dollars. So when you get your letters in the mail, you just see that in a white envelope, you know, they got the postage stamp, you don't get charged an extra couple bucks to get your W two form or your social security check or whatever it is. Now, if there's no post office, there's no rule to say that you can't, you might have to start paying shipping and handling. And now all of a sudden necessary documents that you're getting in the mail are costing you double or triple. Just because, you know, we decided it wasn't an essential service.
1: Yeah. And it just sounds like a slippery slope in general, especially when we're talking about like official documents. Um, like, yeah, some people may say, well, yeah, maybe a private company could do a better job than the USPS. I'm not here to debate that. I don't think that's possible, but you would lose, you would lose a lot of the, you would lose a lot as a consumer. Um, if the USPS was quote unquote defunded or, you know, abolished also, um, that's not i don't believe that's the goal but they are extremely underfunded and what's what's basically happening right now is there it's taking a long time for people to get their mail spe- their mail especially in rural areas um again and, and if you have essential documents you're waiting for if you get your you know if you get paid by mail and you don't get direct deposit that can hold up your check which holds up your rent which holds up your groceries you know what i'm saying um so that's one thing but then also with the with the coronavirus pandemic and a lot of people wanting to um, vote by mail this year, you know you're gonna have to. You're gonna, they're suggesting that you you send your mail mail-in ballot two to three weeks before the actual election date, just to guarantee that it gets there in time. Because um, no one really knows what that's gonna look like, and they're not gonna they're not gonna wait two weeks and, and count those votes. Like your vote's just not gonna get counted. Um, so that has a lot of implications on, you know, the 2020 election. And um, I also forgot to mention about Louis DeJoy. He is the one of the first postmaster generals who, who didn't come up in the postal service. So he's a complete outsider, um, which is completely abnormal. So that also adds to the, to kind of the, the fishy pot or the fishy pan um, where it's like, this is, this is, this, some, some ain't sitting right. Something ain't, you know, they're cooking some chicken. That's a little spoiled. Um, but yeah, so, and it didn't, it didn't help the situation when Trump went on Fox news and said that he opposed additional funding for the USPS. Um, and he specifically cited because he wanted, he was like, um, you know, mail-in ballots, voter fraud that can rig our election, blah, blah, blah. And we've already done an episode on voter fraud and mail-in ballots and voter suppression and all that good stuff. And, Voter fraud by mail and voter fraud period is statistically like in like the it's just like almost non-existent. And the amount that it does exist is very insignificant. Um, So it's just it's just a bunch of bullshit. It's just a bunch of fucking smoke. And quite honestly, I think it might be illegal for him to go out and say that. Um, he's now been trying to walk back these comments And here, I mean, I, I probably talk enough shit About Donald Trump on this podcast, so I'm not here to do that However, this does not help This does not help Louis DeJoy's case when he says I'm doing this Because we need to cut costs um, Whereas people are saying, hey man It seems like you might, you might be In, you know, colluding with Trump on this To, you know, help sabotage the election now, I don't know if it's going that far But It doesn't look
0: good. Oh, it doesn't look good at all. You know, drain the swamp. Not really. That was a fucking lie. So that's it. it, Here's the thing. I know some people are going to listen to this and they might be like, oh, well, I still plan on voting in person or, oh, well, I'm not even going to vote. So this doesn't really matter to me. Well, yes, it still does, man. You still have family and friends and even yourself who gets mail You still want to get your mail on time. Uh, There are some states that I think Oregon and maybe like one or two other states are completely voting by mail. I forgot which states they are. So this does have a big impact, no matter what. Like you may think it's not a big deal, but it is, but it is.
1: Exactly. Um, So, what are we doing about this situation at hand? Um, So, this week, I I don't know if you guys. Probably noticed, but last week Congress um, they went on uh, August recess. They just went on vacation, with they, which is what they do every year, um, even though there's a pandemic going on and they still haven't passed another coronavirus relief package. They just went on vacation. Well, uh, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi called an emergency session this week, calling the uh, calling the House back to uh, D.C. to you know come up with some legislation to you know help what's going on in the u.s postal service and um today actually breaking news Louis DeJoy joy uh, announced that they're suspending all changes to the usps until after the election um it is still unclear if the changes that were already made would be reversed um and congress is still wanting to go ahead and you know have that those emergency hearings and they're actually um They've actually called Louis to joy to testify in front of the house on Friday. And I can't say I, I I'm, ex, I'm not going to watch it, but I, I'll watch like some clips and some highlights and probably listen to, uh, I'll probably hear about it on one of the podcasts I listen to. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him get grilled by fucking AOC and the gang. Um, cause they, man, one thing about those people, they, they, they sure do. They do know how to, uh, they, they do know how to question some people in power in in, uh, some, pretty, you know, if you want to call it theatric, but like getting to the root, getting to the, getting to the, the meat, like they're, they're like, yo, you got to explain yourself right now. Like, wh- is yes or no. Or like, tell me, like, they, they don't let people, they don't let them cop out. They don't let them say, you know, give their politician dance uh, around the answer. So I'm excited to see kind of what Louis DeJoy has to say about all the changes that he's made to the USPS um, and his ties to the Trump campaign, and to the Trump administration. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, but I just want to let you guys know kind of what's going on and what's being done about the, the current situation at hand. Um, so yeah, that's, that, that's what's going on with the USPS. I don't know if you had any final thoughts, final words you want to mention about this uh, specific topic.
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, just last note here, cause this is always something that I hear. Oh, like how much money that they lose uh, at the post office. And while, yeah, I'm sure like we mentioned that there could be some ways to cut costs, You have to acknowledge that it's a service, man. Like we mentioned this several times. It's a service. We pay into it. It's our money. It's our tax money. You don't hear them say, Oh, the police department loses this amount of money. The fire department, the roads lose this amount of money every year. The libraries, you don't see it. It's a public service. Now for reference, just because I want everyone to think $9 billion isn't a lot of money you want to know what our uh, twenty twenty fiscal year budget for the Department of Defense is, Drew?
1: I don't even know. A couple, some trillion or some shit. I don't know. Yep,
0: seven point two one trillion dollars, which translates into seven hundred and twenty one billion. So I'll do a little, just a little rough math here. How
1: many zeros that is, is that,
0: Billy? That is twelve zeros, and that is over eighty times as much as we fund the post office. And now. I'm not saying that the post office and a department of defense should be funded equally, but just <laughs> notice that they have never framed it like the Department of Defense loses seven point two trillion dollars a year because <laughs> it's a service.
1: Yeah, it, absolutely insane. And and I it kind of sucks that you even have to make that caveat that you weren't like you have to address the fact that you're not saying that they need to be funded as much as the military. People
0: but, are dumb, bro.
1: But people are dumb. And people would have maybe came up came back with that rebuttal. So I'm glad that you did that. Um, the Democratic National Co- Convention uh, started this week and that was held, it's it's all remo- a remote virtual, like a basically made for TV Zoom conference. Um, there was, a, the first day had some pretty high profile speakers, some people who spoke on Monday include uh, Go- Governor Andrew Cuomo from New York, Senator Amy Klobuchar from Minnesota, um michelle obama bernie sanders john Kasich who is a former uh or yeah is he a former governor of ohio a republican um yeah. and then yeah yeah so that was that was a little strange to have a, a a republican speak at the uh dnc um but yeah there was some there was some i don't want to spend too much time here but there was some some cool moments that happened um one thing that i thought was pretty emotional uh Kristen I don't even know how to say her last name, so I'm apologizing right now.
0: Urkiza,
1: Urkiza, Kristen Urkiza. She's a daughter of a Trump supporter who um, died uh, of coronavirus after attending like a karaoke bar back. I want to say like, um, was it like May or June? She had attended. A, he went to a karaoke bar with some friends. He had no pre-existing conditions, um, and then he got COVID and he, and he passed away. He was about 60, 65 years old. Um, and basically she said that what she said was, yeah, he was, he was a Trump supporter. He was a, he watched Fox news and president Trump told him that, you know, the coronavirus wasn't a big deal and you know, it's going to go away and everybody's making it a big deal. And it's, it, it's unfortunate that I don't want to say that the guy didn't have agency. He did have agency. He still made a decision to go out. However, he was misled, um, by not only Donald Trump but I'm imagining Fox News as well, which is just, it's crazy to me. Cause we've said similar things on this podcast in the past in the middle of the pandemic, as far as just like some of the information that they're spewing out is just, I, again, I, I don't necessarily like, although I, I don't really hang with a lot of Republicans, like I'm going to just be quite honest. I, when we have like differences on policy, um, when it comes to maybe tax code, um, I don't know. Yeah. Like tax code, corporate, corporate, um, shit. Like, okay, we can have disagreements there, but like, there's certain things that just like, I just don't have, I can't even get down with you on. And this is one of them, right? Like what is the, what is the value in misleading people about the coronavirus? Now one of two things you want to make it so the economy doesn't stay hurt for long Two, you really believe the shit you're saying. I don't believe they believe the shit they're saying. Um, I think it's malicious. I think it's absolutely unacceptable, but yeah, man, this is just one of potentially thousands of people who probably died because they listened to president Trump. Um, which is kind of fucking sad to think about, and maybe people are like, Oh no, it's not his fault. Hey, it's not really his fault, but it kind of is. So take with that what you will.
0: Yeah. Here, here's the thing I was actually going to touch on that. I'm glad you mentioned that. So I'm sure there are people who are going to listen to this. Um, whatever you support, Democrat, Republican, uh, that might be like, uh, well, Trump says stupid shit all the time, you know, you know, like you should know better, but you have to realize a couple things. You, you're, you're probably stuck in the social media bubble where you see all of the dumb and bad shit Donald Trump and all these other politicians could do all the time. And you have to understand that one, the majority of the country isn't on Twitter or, you know, and they don't know these things. They don't see how, you know, Donald Trump gets on the news at a press conference and says something that you're on Twitter and you like see seven people fact check it and be like, "He, that's bullshit. A lot of people, especially older people in their thirties and above rely on the news, like the actual news and they're going to the CNNs and they're going to the MSNBCs and they're going to the Fox news and for most of their life, if not all of their life, that news source was the credible news. Like, you asked your grandparents about that. They don't know shit about Twitter. They don't know shit about Facebook. But they're going to listen to Fox News because that's the news source that they've grown up well, with. But they're
1: going to listen to that Tucker Carlson guy or that fucking Sean Hannity dude. Um, but, yeah, no, exactly. That was an amazing point, Billy. Thank you for bringing that up.
0: No problem.
1: Um, but yeah, so I mean, that was an emotional moment. Um, I don't want to spend too much time there. Uh, George, Floyd, George Floyd's brother also spoke briefly about you know police violence and justice. Uh, but some of the key, key speeches from the night, uh, Michelle Obama, obviously former fir- first lady of the United States, um, she kind of gave a speech about the importance of voting. Um, also, basically just talking about how important this election is and how dangerous Donald Trump is for the country and his lack of leadership. Um, she also cites Trump's famous "It is what it is" um, about COVID deaths and kind of how his attitude has been towards, um, you know, COVID nineteen. Bernie Sanders um, gave a speech, basically talking about how Joe Biden is uh, Joe Biden's the best the best candidate because for right now for the country um, and also that Joe Biden is moving to more towards the left and supporting progressive policies related to unions, minimum wage, family leave, family leave, pre-K, childcare, um, tons of other things. So he basically was saying, hey, Joe Biden is moving to the left enough to make actual change. And then on the other hand, John Kasich, the Republican senator, or the Republican uh, former governor um, who spoke, um, was basically saying this election isn't about policy as much as it's about defeating Trump. And he basically is saying, Joe won't go that far left. And he's saying that to kind of convince maybe some of those, um, those suburban like
0: suburban Republicans. Yeah, suburban
1: Republicans who don't get down with the bigotry and don't get down with the, you know, misogyny and all that shit, um, who probably are just more so fiscal conservatives. Um, basically trying to convince them to say, hey, this one is not about po- policy. This one's just about getting this dangerous man out of office. Um, just thought it was pretty interesting to have two speakers basically give very, very different themes of, <laughs> Of like Joe Biden and what this election means. Now I agree that it it, it may not be as much as about policy as maybe other years, um, but like it can't be both. It can't be it can't be Biden's prog- moving progressive enough for for the progressives of the Democratic Party, and oh he's not going to go too far left. That just doesn't make sense. Um, so it's just odd that they just had two very very like different kind of opinions on like their big speeches. If that makes sense.
0: No, that definitely, that definitely makes sense. And I think what a lot of people now really need to realize is who is Joe Biden and what has he supported traditionally? Now you're gonna If you're someone that is, you know, pro union, Joe Biden actually has been very pro union throughout his career. Um, When it comes to like family uh, leave, paternity leave helping out small children, the things that, you know, Bernie mentioned, those are things that Joe has traditionally supported um now you're gonna look at other things and say okay joe biden is definitely not gonna make a change you know joe on like real 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 reform maybe to something like medicare for all doubt joe biden's gonna do that joe biden has though uh shown interest in things like climate change and acting upon that uh joe biden has shown interest in you know getting uh appointing judges at the federal and the state and the local level now i know you may not understand why that's so important but understand that these judges every day are putting people in prison they're ruling on abortions they're ruling on immigration so if you care about those things and these court decisions you at least know that there's some things joe biden is here to uh provide you if he were to become president
1: a hundred percent a hundred percent um yeah, some other big-name speakers who are speaking today, uh, pres- former President Bill Clinton, um, former Secretary of State John Kerry. Oh, I think I might have said these already. Uh, I can't remember. But another big-name big, big name speaker who's speaking tonight is Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Congresswoman from New York. Um, but how much time does she think she's getting to speak?
0: Well, I mean, since she's probably one of the most famous, top five famous Democrats in the country. I'm, I'm assuming it would be uh, pretty large. She's got a total of one minute
1: to speak Woo! today. <laughs> Redhead ahead of the stepchild of the Democratic Party, that's for sure. Um, but, I mean, it's – I'm not going to spend too much time here, but it's um, it's just odd, right? She's probably the face of the progressive movement, and it seems to be a slap in the face when John Casey is just getting a full – a lot of amount of time to speak. Um whereas someone who is literally the face of the progressive movement in the United States, one minute to talk. It's basically the DNC just saying fuck you again to uh the progressive side of the of the Democratic Party. Um so yeah man uh, not 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 the best news.
0: No and then I I mentioned um uh, my boy Andrew Yang uh, another future figurehead, I would say, of the Democratic Party moving forward. I'd say it's you know the, the the likes of you know the squad and AOC and people like him. And he wasn't actually scheduled to speak at all at first, which was a little crazy to me. There was a trend on Twitter it was hashtag let Yang speak, DNC. and it, it took a, a Twitter hashtag. To get him on there and he's on i I believe you mentioned earlier thursday and so thursday for those who don't know is kind of just like uh well all the big speakers are gone we still got this uh this festival going on this convention we got we got to fill the slots up so he even though they added him on he doesn't really have a notable speaking slot
1: yeah yeah i mean again like we're not going to go too deep into this, but, um, yeah, it's it's just a slap in the face for, like, the, the people on the progressive side of the party who are still going to vote for Joe Biden, um, but may, you know, they just don't feel represented. They don't feel like the DNC really values their opinions and, you know, their beliefs and their values. So, again, it's, it's a little tough, um, a little weird, but, hey, it is what it is. I do want to give a quick plug. Our next episode, we will be having our first guest. Um, not going to reveal who that is. Just yet, but we're going to be covering the 2020 election. This person has worked on several political campaigns, um, ranging from uh, president, um, uh, potential presidents of the United States, uh, Congresspeople, um, senators, all, all, all over the United States. And um, two of the most notable campaigns that he's worked on, he worked on Bernie Sanders 2016 campaign, and as well as Elizabeth Warren's 2020 campaign. So be on the lookout for that episode. We are gonna dive deep into the 2020 election. Um kind of I'm interested to see what made him kind of go from working with Bernie in twenty sixteen to Liz Warren in twenty twenty. Um yeah, I'm I'm excited. I can't wait to dive deep into the into um you know the twenty twenty election. Let's
0: hop off the uh let's hop off the politics train, Drew. How are we feeling? making
1: that
0: making that smooth
1: transition back to the nba bubble um i know we mentioned it earlier uh, but we really appreciate the dopamine that the nba and sports in general has been providing in the mix of this global pandemic Uh, nba has been again doing such a flawless job with this bubble i'm super impressed um but yeah man we had some exciting games to end the, the 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 eight regular season playing games um the Trailblazers and the Grizzlies actually had to play in like a, a two-game series for the eighth seed. Where if the Grizzlies wanted to get in, they had to beat the they had to beat the Trailblazers two games in a row. Um, whereas the Trailblazers only had to get one game, and that game was fucking back and forth. One of the most exciting games I've ever seen. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it.
0: Oh, that, see, I I probably saw. In terms of actually watching the game, I probably saw like the last six to seven minutes. Uh, the rest was just on clips while I wasn't home, but that last six to seven minutes was amazing. For those who didn't see, it was a shootout between uh, actually there's quite quite an incredible stat line across the board. I mean, you look at the Blazers and uh, CJ McCollum was making shot after big shot after big shot. Damian Lillard, we already know, is the the leader of that team. I think he went off for 31 points. Uh, uh, Nurkic, the big man, he 20, 20 points, 20 rebounds. And then you look at uh, the Grizzlies, you get John Morant. And I, I need to go on a little rant about John Morant here. John Morant, for those of you who do not know, is a rookie in the NBA. He is 21 years old. And this guy is one of the best point guards in the league. He dropped 35, eight and five in the game certified star younger than me he is my favorite player and i he, what came out after the game was that he did all this with a broken uh thumb he had a broken yeah, thumb man. on his non shooting hand and he just played through it
1: such a competitor he and, and his style of play man is great he's not like a like when you think of like the guards who dominate now like outside of Steph Curry and Dame like they're they're not per, they're not like small dudes and what he probably stands like 6'2 six, 6'3 six, slim frame but like jumps out the gym quicker than you know like people say russell westbrook's quick now this dude is quicker than russell westbrook and he can stop on a dime better than anybody i've seen in the nba in a long time probably i mean i don't want to say ever yet but like his shiftiness and the way that he can stop is is pretty pretty crazy like it looks like he probably could be a he could translate probably to any sport just with the pure athleticism that he has um but, yeah, man, he went off. This was a back-and-forth game. And to, to lead your team to almost making the playoffs as a, as a rookie with the roster that isn't super, super talented, very, very, very impressive. And I know we mentioned it last week, but the league is in very, very good hands when it comes to the future, um, right, with Jason Tatum, John Morant, Zion Williams, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray. Um, who else? I mean – Luka Doncic, man, come on, man. The, the NBA is in good hands, and I'm excited as a fan. Uh, but, yeah, the, the Trailblazers did, did win that game, and uh, C.J. McCollum had a crazy fourth quarter where he kind of was hitting shot after shot and then washed mellow, baby. He he hit a dagger with about 20 seconds left to put the Blazers up six points um, with 20 seconds left, which, you know, was that dagger. Um, and, you know, the Portland Trailblazers ended up winning that game.
0: Incredible, and now um now they're in uh, they're playing the Lakers in the first round, and you know now we're in a really cool spot it It, it almost feels like um it almost feels like march madness now the, the all these playoff games are happening throughout the day. I'm excited for these next couple weeks. I don't know about you
1: a hundred percent man, I'm excited, and I just want to go over the, the the first round playoff matchups. Um in the Eastern Conference we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus Orlando Magic. Game one was today around 130. The Bucks actually lost game one. However, I don't see them losing the series. Um they'll probably win in five.
0: Um I don't know if you have any opinion there. Uh no, yeah, I agree that, that the Bucks will win the series. I would be very shocked if the Bucks lost. It would be very cool to see that kind of upset. But uh, yeah, I'd say Bucks five, six at worst. The Matt The Magic looked good, but there's a reason that that Bucs team just won like 70 games, you know? 100%. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, Brooklyn Nets versus Toronto Raptors. Uh, Raptors will probably win that series pretty handily. Boston Celtics, Philly. Now, this would have been an intriguing matchup. However, Ben Simmons is out for the rest of the year. He just had foot surgery, um, making this not that intriguing, although I probably still will watch. Um, Celtics won game one yesterday. Um, Let's see what else. Indiana Pacers versus Miami Heat. Now, these teams seem to be pretty evenly matched. Um, Miami Heat did win game one. Um, Jimmy Butler had a pretty good game. Tyler Hero had a pretty good game. Um, overall, I think that Heat team might be a sleeper team out of the East, that you probably don't want to see. They'll probably make you go to six – they'll probably take you to six games, maybe seven. Uh, drain you out, you'll be a little bit tired for that next series. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the Heat, the Heat are probably going to – they're probably poised to make a pretty deep run in the Eastern Conference. Um, on the western side we got the clippers versus the uh the clippers versus the dallas mavericks now this is the these are these, this is the series i think probably probably the most exciting series of round 1 in my opinion i don't know if you agree with that but that's what i think what, what do you think
0: yeah ex- after that first game for those who um may have not seen it it came down to the clippers to win but boy were there some highlights in there uh luka doncic Another young star, 21 years old, came over from uh, Slovenia. This man had 42 points, nine assists, and seven rebounds in his playoff debut. Imagine what you were doing at 21, Drew. What were you doing?
1: I was drinking. I was drinking beers at um, um, Ground Zero in Whitewater, Wisconsin. Watching the NBA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um didn't take much time for me to do that. But, yeah, man, Luka, Luka Doncic is a certified star, like superstar as a 21-year-old. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that, that game was nuts. It was back and forth, tight game. There was some controversy in that game. Kristaps uh, Porzingis was ejected in the third quarter because he got his second, second technical foul of the game. Um, both of those technical fouls were actually super ticky-tacky, especially considering that it was a playoff game and Dirk Nowitzki and um, LeBron James were both unhappy on Twitter about that call. They were like that was absolutely bullshit. I, pretty much everyone in the world agreed that those calls are bullshit. Um and when Kristaps left the game, it did seem like that kind of just tipped tipped the scale towards uh the Clippers. They just too deep for um the maps to kind of find an answer for, but I'm intrigued to see the rest of that series. Another series out of the West. We got Houston Rockets versus Oklahoma City Thunder, although the Oklahoma City Thunder have been actually playing really well this season, um, I, I don't have a ton of interest in this, in this series. Um, and then we also have the Denver Nuggets and the Utah Jazz. Now, this, this, this matchup is pretty pretty intriguing. Donovan Spider Mitchell. He went for 57 points in game one, and they lost. Imagine going over 57 points and losing, bro. That's like insane.
0: Bro, do you remember game one of the 2018 finals, that man LeBron put up 51-8-8 eight and eight, and the J.R. Smith thing happened? Oh, my God. That was – like that th- – to just have that great of a game and lose is – it's so defeating because it's like it doesn't even matter anymore, you know, like in yeah. a way.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely nuts. Um, one of the – and then Jamal Murray uh, on the other side, he, he – it seemed like he couldn't miss in that fourth quarter. He scored 22 of his 36 points all in the fourth quarter, and he was hitting big shot after big shot that just kept uh, kept the, the, the lead too big for um, Denver to to or for Utah to overcome. So that was pretty exciting. And then there was a crazy moment that happened after that game that, under normal circumstances, absolutely would not have happened. And if it did, it probably would not have ended.
0: Oh, you're talking about they ran into each other?
1: <laughs> yeah, things that only happen in the fucking NBA 2020 bubble. But after the game, Jamal Murray and um, Donovan Mitchell, they run into each other uh, just in the bubble. And, like, that's just super funny because, like, could you imagine, um, like, Buell and Beer running into Michael Jordan after, like, one of those Eastern Conference Finals, like, games? Like, they're th- those are hands, like, on site. Like, they're they're boxing.
0: <laughs> Bro, I don't, I don't know if you saw this. But Jalen Rose said – there was – for those – let me give the background story here. Uh, At one point in his career, Kobe Bryant scored 81 points on the Raptors in a single game. 81 points. Most of the game he was guarded by uh, Jalen Rose. (laughs) After the game, they were out at like a restaurant, a bar, whatever, and Kobe saw Jalen Rose across the bar and he sent him a martini with 81 olives. That really
1: happened.
0: That really happened. Oh my god. <laughs> oh
1: my god. They had to probably bring another glass just put the olives in, but that's absolutely hilarious. That wasn't a playoff game, but that still would have been hands on site. Yeah. Um if I'm if I'm
0: um, Jalen, Jalen Rose, Rose, I was I was not leaving that bitch without throwing hands. <laughs> I do do want to say about one of the matchups that we we kind of glossed over, the Rockets and Thunder. I do have a couple things to say about that. First off, there is the the, – basically what was the point guard trade because Russell Westbrook used to play for the Thunder and Chris Paul used to play for the Rockets, and then there was a trade involved, and now they're on the opposite team. They're matched up against each other. Uh, Chris Paul and – James Harden on record are not good friends. They asked Chris Paul about his relationship with James Harden, his time in Houston, and he said this. He said, "I'll put it to you this way: He definitely won't be texting or calling me today to wish my daughter a happy birthday. And today's her birthday." And I was like, "James said that? I didn't." No, was- no. Chris Paul said that oh, about James Harden, about like James- without without just being like, "We don't fuck with each other." He that's what he like. He said, "The second thing I do want to mention is honestly, I gotta give like I gotta give props to the Thunder. Uh, going into the season, obviously Chris Paul's a little older, and their team is fairly young. Uh, not many established stars. Uh, ESPN gave the Thunder a 0.2 percent chance of making the playoffs, which is bananas to me." I, and and they greatly overachieved. Chris Paul obviously is a Hall of Famer in himself, but in old Chris Paul and a young team, they gave they pretty much counted him out. There was a player on the team named Shy, uh Gilchrist Alexander. He's another one of these young stars. He's 22. He was balling this year. Steve Adams. They played great as a team. So shout out to them for making the playoffs when literally almost nobody thought that they could do that.
1: Yeah, man, that's 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 awesome, and and it's not like they were like an eight seed; they're like a five seed or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. They were way overachieved. <laughs> six seed or something like that. So, um, yeah, man, that's 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 uh, I guess I glossed over that one, but there is some intriguing stories involved with that series. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm happy for the NBA. I've been watching probably more basketball than I have in a long time um, this year, uh, especially like I probably watched every single. I mean, I haven't watched every single game, but. I've probably seen 90% of the game since returning uh, – since the NBA came back. Um, but, yeah, man, that's that's all he got for you from the NBA bubble. I know Billy's got his fun fact of the week, and this one is pretty fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, this one's wild. So uh, a little introduction to the viewers. Some of you may know him. His name is Genghis Khan, right? For those of you who don't know who Genghis Khan is, Genghis Khan was the founder and first – uh great khan and emperor of the mongolian empire so he was around from the 1100s and the 1200s the, uh he it's hard to fully explain how much of a savage this man was in both like a crazy like oh that was a savage thing you know and like oh my god he was a savage this guy at one point in time killed approximately 20% of the population of planet earth during his time as ruler of the mongolian empire wait and,
1: wait yes. 20% of the entire population
0: 20 like bro he he went all over asia parts of europe uh and obviously there wasn't many people at this time who had spread to you know north america and south america i mean it was more like native tribes at that point there but much of the developed world was still in Europe and Asia at that point. And he accounted for roughly 20% of the deaths. And also there is a long history of rape from his, uh, his empire. And like they would go town to town and pillage. And there's studies that have been done on DNA and ancestry across uh, Asia and parts of Europe. And they've pretty much linked back To Genghis Khan, that one out of every two hundred men on planet Earth uh, is a descendant of Genghis Khan. Nah. That that, I mean, here's the thing: it could be concentrated, and then that's how the number weighs down. But that's that was the estimate that they had. It was on the hit.
1: Fucking wild.
0: Dude, like, and it, it, like, the guy was so bad that, like, you guys know the Great Wall of China? Like, even after his death, the Mongolian Empire was fucking people up. And they're one of the main reasons that the Great Wall of China was even made, because they're like, these people are just coming in on horseback and raping and pillaging our villages. Like, we have to have some sort of extent. So this guy was, like, all-time savage. You know, I recently saw on Twitter – the reason I even picked this fact is – um. My, it, it, you know, the the classic, uh, we're going to cancel people. And I saw like some people on TikTok and Twitter trying to cancel Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I was like, yeah, that's right. He's canceled, baby. He's
1: canceled. <laughs> He's canceled. Um, no, that's absolutely hilarious. But now every time I uh, eat Mongolian beef, I'm going to think of murder and, and rape. So thanks.
0: Hey, dog, that, that Mongolian beef's still pretty good, though. So. <laughs> that shit kind of slaps. um yeah man that that's uh
1: that's history with billy um wraps up this episode of the the gray area um i appreciate the support thank you for listening again like subscribe rate review apple spotify wherever you get your podcast um yeah man be on the lookout for that next episode coming soon with our first guest any last words billy i
0: love y'all peace